0: Hi, this is Cal Quantrill and you're listening to the East Village Times podcast
1: In the West, SD across the chest. Youth movement, really dope ex-Prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups. They hating on us. Watch the youth them jump up. We ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody. The outfield, mad skills, Lottie dotty. Austin Hedges throwing out everybody. We at the ballpark, every game's a party. Ignorance is bliss, so we never trip. If the pitching's up, the and Watch out for the kids. EVT is out here broadcasting. EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EVT podcast. Padres EVT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing today?
0: Or this I'm evening, doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good, James. How are you? Uh, not doing too
1: bad. Uh, Yankees just uh, pulled off a three game, uh, three game, what, three in a row off of the Indians. Uh, Giving me flashbacks of '98, you know. I, I you know, I'm not a, Yan- a Yankee hater by any means, but it's just, uh, it's just amazing how a franchise like that just kind of pulls these, uh, these wins out of their their ass, for lack of a better word.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess we can agree, go Astros. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. It's gonna, you know, definitely gonna want to root for the Astros because we, we we definitely want one room for the smaller market teams, the, the teams that are built uh, within kind of under the same philosophy as the Padres are, are currently under uh, I know a lot of people want to compare the Padres to the Astros as far as what they're trying to accomplish um, obviously it, it's it, you know it's apples to apples in some sense but there's definitely some differences between the two franchises but uh, if you want to build uh, or if you want to emulate someone or a franchise I, I think the Astros are a good one to emulate
0: yeah I think if you want to copy a franchise that's Probably about a good, as good as you can do outside of maybe the Cubs, but I mean the Cubs are a bigger market team and did some spending. I mean, not to say the Astros yeah. aren't a big market team, but currently with how they're spending, they are a smaller market club by that standard. So it's definitely, definitely a good, good um, team to emulate yourself after, as you said.
1: Yeah, I mean they have kind uh, between like Correa and, and Bergman. They they have uh, Bregman. They have uh, they have some terrific young players that are you know cost efficient. So they can make a, a, a run for a, a great deal of time if they really want to. So it's, it's fun to see a team like that succeed. Uh, obviously, the Padres are a ways away from that, uh, from that mold, but uh, we will see exactly uh, what happens in the next couple years. Uh, the premise of this podcast was, uh, it's kind of a layover from our last show uh, where we reviewed the infielders for the 2017 season. Uh, For this show, we are going to go through the outfielders and hit the pitching staff and uh, basically give you uh, our thoughts on uh, each position and each player and uh, kind of a moving forward type of deal. Um, Patrick, who should we start off with in the outfield?
0: I mean, I guess the man of the hour, Jose Perella. I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone really predicted him. I, I mean, I think it's pretty flat out obvious that he was the best player on the Padres, at least in terms of at the plate so um yeah definitely surprised didn't expect to see that coming didn't really think i'd be here talking about what a season jose Perella had but here we are so very interesting that he finally put it together after so many years in the minor leagues he finally figured it out and it worked out for him and i was rooting for him so i'm glad that i'm glad that worked out and i'm glad that he had such a good year um what are your thoughts
1: yeah, no, I, I was. It's a shame that he, you know, he missed the final two, three weeks of the season with a finger injury, but you know, you can't argue the numbers. I mean, his OPS was at uh, eight thirty seven, uh, you know, two eighty eight average, uh, ten homers, forty RBIs in uh, just over half a season. So, uh, God, you know, I'd love to see him at second base, but you know, we have this huge log jam at second base. But you know, I don't want to go backwards. We're we're talking about outfield.
0: Uh, and he, I think we he should. Looked,
1: go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I no, was no, no, going to say, I think we should just note that obviously the offense was surprising, but the real knock against him was he has no position. He can't play defense. But he mm-hmm, actually ended mm-hmm. up graded as a positive defender um, by Fangraph's death metrics. So he actually ended up being a slight positive. I, I don't know if uh, UZR and um, other metrics see it the same way, but. I mean, he was kind of an awful defender, and now he's at least, if not average, maybe slightly below average, which I think is a, a giant step forward from what we probably expected from him in the, in the uh, outfield. So that's exactly. definitely that's definitely surprising, and I'm looking up the stats, he's actually, among all outfielders in baseball, with at least 300 plate appearances, he has the 26th best WRC+, plus. so... That's, well, that's a real, that's like a serious deal right there. I mean, he's yeah. obviously one of the, I mean, he's around where Andrew McCutcheon is, Dexter, Dexter Fowler, um, Stephen Souza, Aaron Hicks, Josh Reddick, uh, Chris Davis. All those guys are around in the same area. So that's, that's from pretty good company to keep, especially for a guy who was a career minor leaguer before the year and didn't really maybe have any aspirations of being a big leaguer full time. And here we saw him pretty much play half the season as an everyday regular. So definitely a, a surprise. Um, I mean, he only played 83 games, and he put up 2.1 more. So that- I, I know we don't like saying, oh, if he played a full season, what would he be at? But, I mean, next year you got to hope for, if not improvement, at least him staying the, the course where he's at currently.
1: Yeah, and, and at 27, he's he's not exactly a young prospect or a young player but he's not old either he's 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 an in-between and, and you know there's an old adage that they say uh, 27 28 is when a ball player really figures it out is when the peak years are so um you know just you know i don't know just <laughs> give that as much thought as you want the fact is jose Perella is is performing he performed uh when he came to the padres uh I'm a big fan of him. I enjoy the way he plays the game. I, I, I think that the Padres needed a player like that—someone who uh, provides a little bit of an edge, someone who uh, has fun out there. Um, is kind of uh, you know plays like the like his hairs on fire, if you will. He's uh, aggressive on the base pass. Uh, not not blessed with the best speed, but you know, and, and defensively, we talked about it. He, he was. Uh, he was horrible in the beginning in the outfield and and it it looked like uh, it just wasn't going to work, but you know, you have to tip your cap to him. He, he made the changes. He rectified his issues. He got better jumps on the ball. He was able to, you know, track the ball better. Uh, He's serviceable. And and as a left fielder, you you don't necessarily need a gold Glover out there anyways. Left field is is one of the least regarded positions defensively, if if you will. But uh, you just have to look at the numbers that he put up and uh, the man is uh, probably the front runner for the left field position next year i think andy green towards the end of the year even mentioned that uh, he would pencil him in as the starting left fielder at this point
0: yeah i don't really see any possibility of anyone else taking that job and i don't think anyone else deserves the job um at this point yeah. he's, done, he's done so much to prove himself that you really just have to roll with him there and let him let him sink or swim once again over a full season. Um, maybe you have something long term. Maybe you have a trade piece, but I think it's going to be him in the outfield next year. It's going to be his job to lose. Um, yeah.
1: Well, the other okay. Let's talk about other options in left field. I think the the two other screaming options in left field are uh, probably Alex Dickerson and Francie Cordero. Um, give me your thoughts on either one of those. If they have a terrific spring, can they supplant him as a starting left fielder or possibly move into a platoon with him?
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Um, I'm not totally sure that Perella actually stays with the team. I think there's definitely a possibility he's traded in the offseason if the price is met. Um, mm-hmm. He even could shift, like you said, to second base, but obviously there's a logjam there, so they'd have to do some maneuvering to make that work. Um, but yeah, I think, there's, there's pro- I think I'd probably lean more towards Cordero um, having a chance of doing that than Dickerson. I mean, Dickerson mm-hmm. missed the whole season. Um, Dickerson looked pretty solid in his time in 2016 at the end of the year, but that was kind of so long ago at this point that it's really hard to expect much from him coming off a serious back injury. Um, as for Cordero, he did show a lot in his short stint in the big leagues, and obviously the strikeouts were high, but I think he recovered enough in AAA to end of the year that he's earned himself at least a look in spring training. Um, but yeah, both those guys strike me as more fourth outfield types, at least in 2018. So uh, going forward, that could change, but... Mm-hmm. At this point, I don't see anyone outperforming Perella in spring training and taking the job unless Pirela is no longer on the team. So, yeah, how's my well, father? there's
1: there's there's one other name that we haven't mentioned who was the actual starting left fielder for the Padres on opening day in 2017, and that's Travis Jankowski. Um, you know, he had a injury-plagued 2017 season. Uh, you have to kind of. I don't know, kind of ignore the numbers he put up, although the strikeout numbers were alarming. Uh, at 26, Jankowski still has time to rectify his issues, but give me your thoughts on him and, and whether or not the team will uh, will have him stick around as an option for Margot and center, or a compliment to Margot and center. Uh, what is the future for Travis Jankowski?
0: Um... To be honest, I'm kind of just done with him at this point. Um once he came back from his injury in in Triple-A, he batted 190 uh, sorry, 139 times. He put up an 81 wRC+. Um, he just, he wasn't good. For a guy playing in Triple-A as a what, 26-year-old, he he's, he's got to put up better numbers mm-hmm. than that. I mean, his his last stay at Triple-A was in 2015 when he hit he uh had just over 100 or just under 100 at bats, and he had a 164 WRC. plus. He was hitting near 400. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the injury was still lingering there, but you just look yeah, at those numbers, good. and he just wasn't good. So at this uh-huh. point, like, what has he shown me that warrants him having a spot on the roster next year? When Francie Cordero's basically a better version of Jankowski with power, I mean, he's got the same speed capability, the same glove capability in the outfield. I just don't see any way that Jankowski is better than Cordero in any facet of the game so at this point I just don't see him having a future on the team because you don't need two fifth outfielder types that are pretty much the same player in Cordero and Jankowski especially when Cordero has more pop and Jankowski pretty much has no pop whatsoever he didn't hit a single home run this year he hit two home runs last year two home runs the year before so it's like what what do you see here I mean the guys hit I think let's see, five, six, seven home runs in his entire career with the Padres, minor leagues and major leagues. Mm. So I just don't see him having any value to this team long-term. I mean, sure, the glove's great. He's a great base runner, but Cordero can do all that as well. So,
1: Yeah. You, you, you mentioned it. I think uh, Franchi Cordero is probably past him as far as depth. I think there was... Uh, probably a little bit of a concern whether or not he could handle the center field position defensively. But in the the brief times that we saw him last year in center field, I was pretty impressed with what I saw. He has uh, great instincts, goes back on the ball really well. Uh, His long strides in the gap are are really effective. And, you know, if you compare Jankowski to Cordero defensively, Jankowski might have the slight edge, but the bat is just, it just blows Jankowski out of the water. And uh, I think that it's pretty obvious that, uh, that Franchi has is, is definitely uh, moved up the depth chart. Um, center field now, uh, Manuel Margot at the age of 23, uh, had a excellent, uh, well, I don't want to say excellent, but he had a good uh, first taste of Major League uh, Baseball. Um, the K numbers were a little higher than what I expected. Um, give me your thoughts on Margot moving forward and and what you think uh, of this young
0: man I mean he's definitely the guy next year in center field there's there's no one there to get yeah, him no. there's no one to take that spot um i was I was really encouraged by his development as the year progressed I mean he's still just twenty three years old i mean this this guy's like three he's like three months younger than I am at this point so um, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy that he's so young. I should say a year younger a year and three months. Sorry. He's a year and three y- months younger than I am. And he's out there playing major league baseball. So, um, yeah, I was pretty impressed by how he progressed through the year. Uh, obviously the strikeout numbers were a little high there. Um, but I think he does enough defensively and on the base pass to really provide enough value. Um, in terms of being a, an everyday player on the top of lineup playing solid defense just doing a little bit of everything that he needs to do um to be that sort of catalyst at the top of lineup
1: yeah no it, it, he's impressive and you do have to factor his age when looking at his numbers i mean you have to realize that he's still very young and it, it, there's a, there's a, there's a, a amount of progression that's going to be needed and amount of pro, development that's going to be it's going to occur in, in him um, but the peripheral numbers are excellent from him. Uh, I would like to see him walk a little more if if he's going to want to stay in the top of the order and, and want to be that type of uh, player who's going to set the table for the rest of the lineup. But you know, that's just nitpicking at, at this point. Uh, defensively, he's excellent. Uh, I love his attitude, his smiling face, the way he plays the game. I, I think that that's something that the Padres want to have on on this team moving forward, something that they the, the whole team wants to basically copy and, and just be like, you know, everyone wants to have fun when you play the game of baseball, and def- Manuel Margot definitely has fun.
0: Yeah, I think that much is obvious. Um, I actually want to mention Matt Caesar. He kind of played backup center field, a little left field, a little right field. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really liked what he did this year. I mean, he doesn't really get much attention because he's kind of like that scrappy type of player, but... He actually hit better than Margot. He had a 96 WRC+. Um, he played solid defense. Um, he ran the base as well. Um, he was just kind of an all-around solid player. I mean, he's not great. He's not a starter by any measure. But I think as a fourth or fifth outfield, I think Matt Caesar's is very useful. And mm-hmm. it's probably going to come down to him and Cordera as to who gets that sort of role. Because, once again, they're kind of similar players in a way. Although Cordera, Cordera, uh, Cordera has more power, Caesar's more of kind of just a... I don't want to say a slap hitter, but... He kind of doesn't really have much power behind his swing, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Caesar was just right there with Margot in terms of um, batting average and on base percentage. Yeah, and was, I mean
1: he walked he walked a ton. Uh, yeah, Caesar walked thirty thirty two times in one hundred seventy at bats. Yeah, uh, I mean, resol- so he he got on base. Uh, you, you know, in it's tough to say what the future of our right fielder Hunter Renfro will be since. Uh, You know, let's segue into into Wright. You know, you got to admit that the Padres were a little frustrated with him towards the end of the year. Uh, They expect more from him uh, because he has that ability. The the power from him is is unreal. He he has the ability to be a 30-plus home run guy. And at the age of 25, it can be frustrating watching him go up there and, and go through a whole month without walking one time and basically swinging from his heels uh left and right um renfo he drove in 26 or he hit he hit 26 home runs this year uh i know we don't want to you know give praise to home runs and rbis because they they're just numbers but uh the power is legit uh on base percentage at at a 284 clip is is just is not going to cut it uh defensively there were issues with him uh his UZR ratings, uh, his defensive save rate, everything, everything was below average, and, and you don't expect to see that from someone who's 25, and, and comes in with the reputation of being a uh, plus defender in the outfield.
0: Yeah, I mean, for, for me and Renfro, I kind of feel a similar way that I do about Jankowski. Like I'm not done with Renfro. Like It's not that I don't think he can still succeed. I'm just kind of over it at this point. I guess I'm just A little tired of hearing about him and it's always about the home runs and for me Mm. yeah home runs are great I mean guys that hit home runs I'm all about that but when you don't do anything else when you don't get on base when you don't run well you don't play defense at all I mean it's just it's worthless I mean those home runs are empty at this point so sure home runs are fun and they're they're fun to watch and they're nice but at the end of the day that doesn't really make a winning ball club I mean if every batter hits 200 and just hits home runs and you're not going to win many games and I think the Padres kind of did that this year a little bit. Um, so, yeah, for me, Renfro's got a lot to prove, and I'm I'm kind of out on him currently. Uh, long-term, I still think he could be a productive Major League player, but there's a lot of adjustments to make this offseason, and he's, he's got a lot of pressure on him to, to make those adjustments. And if he doesn't make those adjustments, there's guys knocking. I mean, Francie Cordero can be out there every day. Jose Perella can be out there every day. Um, so he's definitely got some pressure. I, it's kind of a pressure-free zone when you're rebuilding, but I think in this case... Um, He's got pressure there, and he needs to perform, or he's going to be out of a job, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I the, the, the just want to see results from him. Uh, he's succeeded in AAA. He succeeded in AAA this season when they put him down. He's done all he can do in AAA. At this point, it's whether or not you're going to be a uh, bench player, uh bench player, average major leaguer or are you going to take your game to the next level and step up and be that uh, perennial type all-star or, or whatever that you uh can be um it, you know it's tough to say at 25 it, it, he still has ability but there's definitely going to need to be some uh amendments to his swing uh, it's just it's he he just can look lost from time to time but then you know consistency is the name of the game in baseball isn't it i mean that's what it's always going to be about and uh Finding that consistency is a lot easier said than done. Uh, Okay, as far as our outfield wrap, I think that's about it, other than uh, your favorite player of all time, Jabari Blash, who we haven't really talked about uh, moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Who? Uh, Jabari Blash, who actually had uh, better numbers than Renfro, didn't he? I think he had a better war and and better uh, uh, sabermetric numbers than than what Renfro did in in, – in three times the at-bats. Uh, Blash is still under contract. He's still going to be around. Uh, at 28, the power's there. The ability to walk is there. Uh, what else is there, Patrick? What else is there to Jabari Blash's game?
0: Um, I mean, him and Renfro are really similar, except that he actually can, like, walk to first base once in a while. Um yeah. But, yeah, I I just don't – Jabari Blash does not excite me at all. So, that's really all I can say. I don't really care about home runs. Obviously, I've made that clear. I mean, a guy that can only hit home runs is pretty worthless to me. At least Blash can walk. That's great. That's consistent. But at the end of the day, he's just not a very good player overall. I mean, he had a 14% walk rate. But when you're striking out 35% of the time and you're not playing defense and you're not hitting much else, you're hitting like 200, then it ain't going to do much for me. So, no. Yeah, no. he'll be uh, sitting in AAA or on another team next year, probably.
1: Yep. All right. Well, let's move into the starting staff. Uh, I think the first player that we should talk about is probably Denelson Lament, Uh someone who surprised both of us. We both did not think that his wild streaks and his command would be uh, be able to hand up, handle uh, major league batters, but he proved us wrong. Although you know he still is going to have wild streaks. Uh, the command issues are still going to be there. His whip is always going to be, uh, inflated, but you know, God, you have to respect the fact that the young man, uh, came in with a lot of moxie and a lot of poise. And, uh, from the very beginning pitched like he belonged, uh, I, you know, I'm all, I'm all aboard on lament moving forward. And, uh, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with what I see from the 25 year old.
0: Yeah. He really developed as the year went on and he just really came into his own, um, throughout the season obviously he had a bit of a rough start i think we expected the rough start a little bit given how um he was still young and still working out the control issues um but yeah i like what i saw from him um going into next year he's got to be if not the ace one of the top line pitchers here so it's definitely um gonna be fun to watch him not just next year but going forward he's gonna be a big part of this team long term i think
1: yeah definitely i uh, you know it, okay let's talk about him and perdomo um Moving forward, which pitch are you more comfortable with? Uh, saying is going to have a solid uh, major league career. Perdomo's uh, a year younger than Lamant, um a little more experience. Uh, you know, which out of the two, if you were to put money down, is going to finish with a more uh, respectable major league career?
0: Definitely, Lament, no doubt. Okay. Okay. I think he just got better pitches. He's got better um, long-term potential. Perdomo's more of a guy who's got to pitch, pitch a certain way. He's got to pitch to his spots, and I think Lamette can get by a little bit on his fastball and slider. Um, mm-hmm. He's still obviously working on that third pitch. And I think Perdomo has a similar problem where there's not really that knockout third pitch, but I think Lamette just has the higher ceiling. The stuff's just better, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, it, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I'm still intrigued with Perdomo and, and the movement he gets on the ball and, and whether or not he can ever harness that. That's That's obviously something that's difficult. Uh, when you sink the ball uh, as he does. But it, it intrigues me because once those sinker ballers kind of get that command and, and kind of find out what their ability is, they they kind of take off. Uh, he's never going to be a big strikeout guy like Lament is. Uh, Perdomo uh, threw 163 innings this year, which is very productive for a rebuilding team uh the walks were were bad uh the hits were bad allowing 182 hits and 163 in his pitch he, again he's not a guy kind the of guy that's going to blow you away he's the kind of guy that's going to let uh, his defense work and and players are going to put the ball in 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 uh and play against him uh you know i'm 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 fairly confident in in these two moving forward for next season. I think that that's a nice 1-2 punch. Not necessarily that they're going to be 1-2 in, in the rotation, but uh, a nice young nucleus uh, of pitchers to kind of uh get us going to the 2019-2020 season. Um give me your thoughts on the duo uh if you think if I'm out of line in in thinking this way.
0: No, I totally agree with you on that, definitely.
1: Okay, okay. Uh we had a couple of veterans who uh contributed this year in uh both uh Jolis uh Sachin and uh Clayton Richard. Uh the Padres elected to re sign Richard uh just before the end of the year, so he will be back next season. Uh, give me your thoughts on on the lefty. I, I know that the the team wants a, a veteran presence uh, mixed in with all these uh older pitchers, but give me your thoughts on uh, the left-handed pitcher and, and whether or not the signing was was beneficial for the team.
0: Would you believe me if I told you that uh, Julius Chastain and Clayton Richard were both top 50 pitchers in all of baseball?
1: In terms of what stat what are, are, are we basing this? Wow, really?
0: Yeah, both at 2.3. So, wow. among starting pitchers they're both uh, fairly solid. So, that's kind of interesting that both guys, I think, were a lot better than we thought they would be, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But both are pretty mm-hmm. respectable league average pitchers. Um, and that's useful these days. With how much offense has, impre- has a- increased, a league average pitcher is a lot more valuable than maybe it would have been in the past. Um, so both guys finished at 2.3 war. Uh, both had ERA. I mean, Chasins ERA was around 4. Rich- Richard was nearer to 5, but their uh, FIPS were about the same at four point, in the 4.2s. Um, Justine walked more guys and struck out more guys. Uh, Richard pitched to more contact, more ground balls. But yeah, both guys were wow. fairly solid. I wouldn't be surprised if Chessine gets resigned as well. Uh, I know Richard's obviously been resigned already. Um, I think both guys had a pretty respectable season considering they were kind of just thrown in there as the two veterans to kind of hold the staff together all, along with Trevor Cahill. Yeah, and obviously yeah. Trevor Cahill was shipped out of town, and, and that didn't end well as well for uh, Cahill, but. Um. yeah, it's good to see both guys do well and I think a lot of people say that maybe the Potters didn't tank as well because of those two guys and neither was traded at the deadline and they ended up finishing the season strong, so that's obviously an interesting argument, but I think it's good to see those guys eat some innings and, and help out the young guys, I'm sure Clayton Richards is always a, a great clubhouse presence, he's always um, a good guy to have around, so I think that, that kind of was part of the calculus as well when they decided to uh, sign him for the next few years
1: for sure, I mean, you gotta gotta be amazed with with the the splits uh, for Shashin. You know, at home and away. I mean, they're, they're just amazing. When I, when I glanced over them right now, you know, I, I you know I've heard it all year long, and, and we've heard it numerous times. But bringing in a one point seven nine ERA at home compared to a six point five three ERA on the road is is nothing to sneeze at. He was just dominant at, at times at home uh you know the pecco factor isn't necessarily a thing anymore Petco park isn't uh particularly a, a pitcher's haven like it used to be so you know what can what can we read into this is uh, home cooking uh he's getting some nice venezuelan home cooking here in san diego Well, what is it that's uh that's making uh, jolis just love to pitch at Petco park
0: i don't know i think it's kind of one of those unknowable things it's just kind of weird some guys just feel comfortable in a certain situation and I think that mm-hmm. part of that goes into why I think he might end up coming back to San Diego. I don't think there's going to be a big uh free agent contract there for him. So I think mm-hmm. he definitely would would be interested in coming back considering how well he did this year and how well he pitched obviously at home, especially.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh okay, so what else uh who else can we discuss in the starting rotation that we haven't uh, uh talked about? Uh Travis Wood maybe or He'll, he'll probably a. be in the
0: rotation next year. Um we also have your boy uh
1: uh, Stram uh, Matt Stram to talk about uh, Strom to talk about. I mean, he didn't really, uh, he didn't
0: really pitch. So there's not much to talk about. I mean, no, for but, Kansas City, but moving forward, I mean, neither
1: one were particularly a, a part of this team this uh, 2017 season. But I think both left-handers will probably uh, see some time in, in the starting rotation. So you know, let's talk about this team 2018. Uh, we've already gone through uh, three, four, five starting pitchers right there that are already under contract for this team. Uh, do you see them going out and trying to acquire a pitcher or two uh, starting-wise to fill out the rotation, or do you see, see them uh, dumpster diving around February or March and, and picking up uh, starting pitchers that haven't uh, signed with anybody at this point?
0: I mean, if they bring back Justine and they already get brought back Richard, they already have like six guys for the rotation. And if, you, yeah. if you throw in Lyles, that's seven. If Friedrich comes yeah. back healthy, that's another one. Colin Ray is supposed mm-hmm. to be back. That's nine. And then um, there's Tim
1: Melville. Don't forget Tim Melville. Yeah, there's
0: 10. Robbie Erland's supposed to come <laughs> back. There's 11. Jake Jake Ash kind of <laughs> saw some time. Yeah, so, I mean, there's plenty of guys here. It's not like they're going to struggle to fill the rotation. So I no, honestly I, I, don't I, see them making any big moves. Maybe sign one or two veteran types like they did last year with Weaver, Cahill, Chasin, Richard. There was a, a plethora oof. of them. Um, some you just, me,
1: you just reminded me that Jared Weaver was actually part of this rotation this Wait, beginning who? Of this year.
0: Jeff Weaver. Yeah. What? Who? Um, we would
1: have been. We would have been better off signing Jeff Weaver, throwing left-handed. You probably would have had uh, more velocity, but Perhaps. that's a, that's a different story. Uh, okay, well, let's move into the bullpen. Uh, Brad Hand is definitely the name to talk about.
0: Brad, he shouldn't be a Padre hand.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. uh the odds on Brad Hand. In a Padre uniform, come April.
0: Honestly, hmm. probably fifty-fifty.
1: I would probably, I would. I it higher, towards but it.
0: the the more they talk about him, the more they they more they make me feel like he's a guy they like having around. So, and yeah, he obviously likes yeah. being around. So, if the offer's not there, I think they keep him. Um, and I don't even know if they trade him at next year's deadline. I think it'd be stupid not to trade him at this point. But they seem, yeah, to, I... they seem to seriously think he's a useful piece for them. And if they think they can compete sooner rather than later, then. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, if they're ever going to get anything for him, uh, top dollar, top value-wise, this is it. With someone uh, coming into 2018 with two years of control of him, someone, uh, you know, hopefully will pay that price, uh, that Kimbrough price tag that the Padres are probably looking for, that four-for-one prospect package, which includes some legit uh, top 30, top 50, top 100-type prospects. So, you know, AJ Pro is definitely on the lookout Uh, losing Brad Hand for the 2018 would be catastrophic because there are other people who can fill in for him Uh, it is about the future and, and about stockpiling young talent so At this point, it's a good position for the Padres to be in. I know a lot of people were disappointed that he wasn't dealt in July, but at this point, we don't know what was being offered for him. Uh, Sure, there's names and and speculation out there, but there's very few people who know exactly what was out there and offered to the Padres for the services of Brad Hand. So we're just going to have to respect A.J. Preller and and rely on him to to guide us to the promised land. Um, Okay, so... Let's let's talk about Brad Hand's dealt. Brad Hand is dealt next week. Um, who will be the closer for the 2018? Say Brad Hand is gone. Uh, are we automatically jumping to uh, Phil, Mon- Phil Maton era? Uh, is that a given? Or are the Padres going to have to look somewhere else for a closing option?
0: I think I'd probably roll with Kirby Yates instead, simply because he's older and okay. has a little more experience. I think Maton okay. still has some stuff to work out, and I wouldn't want him to struggle in that role. I think he needs some time to... To work out the kinks um carter caps obviously now injured hopefully going to come back healthy next year but that remains to be seen um outside of those guys that there's not really anyone else had seen that role i mean jose torres has moments this year craig Stammon actually was fairly solid from about may on uh buddy bauman Mm -hmm. had his moments as well kyle mcgrath had some time Uh, kevin quackenbush Everyone's favorite. Um <laughs> Yeah. yeah there, there's good guys good. in the bullpen. I mean this this is gonna be a decent bullpen next year. They they probably will add a few guys this offseason, maybe go dumpster diving like they do. I mean they yeah, have, they yeah. have a history of picking up random bullpen arms and making them great, so I wouldn't be surprised exactly. if that happens once again.
1: And, and there's still some decent arms uh, in the minor leagues. There's a Win Jenter, there's a, a Brad Wick, there's a, a TJ Weir. There, there's there's uh there's some decent options down there that you know might not necessarily be ready for the start of 2018, but they could be ready uh, shortly thereafter. Uh someone I love to talk about on the pitching staff is Miguel Diaz. Uh, rule Fiver. he made it through the year. Uh it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to be a starting pitcher or reliever. I think that the team, at his age of 22, want him to move down into the minor leagues and, and probably uh, try try to start. Uh, his his stuff is, is unreal. The movement that he gets on his fastball, two-seamer in particular, is, is pretty uh, electrifying. Um, talk to me about Diaz and, and what you see from him moving forward. Uh, again, you have to tip your hat to, to Preller. Uh, in a season where we where the team rebuilded and, uh, rebuilt and rebuilt uh, and won seventy something games, they were able to retain three young players uh, that add to the minor league system.
0: Yeah, I mean, Diaz wasn't the worst pitcher in baseball. Um, I think that's a win for a guy who didn't really pitch above uh, a ball prior to this year. Um, I mm-hmm. think next year he he might settle in either at Lake Elsinore, or perhaps San Antonio. But at this point, he's still twenty two years old. He's got a lot to work out, but. The potential's there, and now he's the Padres. Um, he's on the Padres long-term now. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops, but there's definitely work to be done there. The walk rate ran kind of high. Um, lots of home run balls. Um, he struggled with uh, leaving batters on base. He he uh, couldn't get out of jams when he needed to, so there's a lot to Ooh. work on there, but I think there's also a lot of potential there, and it's going to be uh, fun to see him develop. Going for sure. I
1: mean, when you factor in that he's younger than a, than a Cal Quantrill or Eric Lauer or, or Luke Casey, uh, you still have to be uh, positive with with what he is as a 22 year old that <laughs> throws some fire, throws 97 mile per hour uh, moving fastball. So it, it, it's just uh, it's nice to have that kind of depth. Uh, you know, I wouldn't expect Miguel Diaz to make a big dent in the 2018 season for the Padres if even pitch for the Padres in 2018. But uh, the future is bright for him, and uh, he's just someone that you're going to have to kind of keep your eye on, and uh, hopefully he's able to progress.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're definitely looking forward to seeing him long term and if he can be a part of this team going forward.
1: For sure. Uh, I don't think there's much else to mention uh, on the pitching staff. Uh, You know, I just mentioned uh, Quantrill, Lauer, Lucchesi, De Los Santos, uh, that foursome, uh, adding a Jacob Nix, they're they're close. Uh, this time next year, uh, it will be interesting to see how many of those young men actually made it up to the uh, up to Pecco and, and uh the rubber for the Padres because we are getting close, folks. Uh, the next wave of talent is probably going to hit uh, it, towards the mid or end of 2018, and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see who progresses in this coming season? Uh, Patrick, any thoughts on anybody uh, pitching-wise who you're looking forward to seeing next season?
0: Yeah, I think there's a real possibility that Quantrill, Lucchese, Lauer, uh, Nix, De Los Santos, I think all of those guys very realistically could be in the major leagues next year at some point, whether that's a September call-up or even sooner. So There's definitely going to be a lot to watch pitching-wise. In the pitching staff, there's a couple guys who you don't really see there being long-term. So... There's definitely spots to fill, and outside, that I think, like Lamette, Perdomo, and if, if Strom ends up in the rotation, I think there's going to be open spots and there's going to be opportunities to be taken next year.
1: For sure. It's going to be uh, exciting 2018. Uh, we're, what, 160, 170 games till, uh Padres opening day. Uh, you can better believe that we are counting down already. Uh, Padre baseball is definitely uh, 365.000. Uh, day thing for us folks we love uh, the team we love the sport and we will be uh, here every single week talking Padre baseball for you Uh, Patrick anything else before we get out of here I think we did a good job uh, finishing off our uh, recap of the 2017 season Uh, we can close the book on that and we can move forward uh, for the next season for the Padres
0: yep I mean the season's over looking towards 2018 Uh, we're still recapping the season though uh, piece on will myers went up this morning our positive negative outlook piece um mm-hmm. my favorite player <laughs> i didn't yeah, write it exactly. i didn't write it though so it's a lot nicer um yes yeah, yeah. so that went up today uh james has uh one on Den- denelson lemet going up on friday uh, obviously i posted the first one on monday matt strom so keep an eye out for those those will be every monday wednesday friday for the rest of the offseason yeah um, definitely
1: uh we should definitely hype those up those are other uh, PO pieces uh, positive, negative outlook uh, is what they're going to be t- titled. And uh, like Patrick just told you, uh, for the next, uh, you know, carry you through some baseball uh, offseason. I know it's tough to make it through these these uh, December, January, February months, um, but we are definitely going to bring in some hard-hitting content, uh, working on some interviews, uh, working on some other uh type pieces that are, that are interesting anything in particular that you'd like the audience to know uh what we're working on here so far
0: Uh yeah I'm hopefully going to start doing a daily Padres audio just uh talking about certain players recapping storylines uh interviewing players interviewing people around the game um all sorts of stuff so hopefully that's going to be in the works within the next week or so um stay tuned for that Uh we're on Podbean that's where we're hosted um, the new audio will be on there as well uh, once we get that underway. Uh, we're on Twitter. I'm Brew 93 James, EBT underscore, J Clark, EBT underscore, News. Uh, we're at, our podcast is also on Twitter, EBT Podcast. Uh, give us a follow on all our accounts. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll be here all offseason two times a week here to talk about the Padres.
1: Thank you folks for the listen. Uh East Village Times podcast is signing out. EVT
0: is out here broadcasting. broadcasting. EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer James and Patrick ask them. ask them. Question and answer James and Patrick ask them. Quadris EVT podcast. Quadris
1: EVT podcast. podcast.